Hi, this is Destiny Philoxy, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. Pioneer Valley. It is gate. It is a day before game day recap in here. A wild weekend of UMass women's basketball. I am Sam Kitches. Welcome into our WMUA studios for the UMass women's basketball show. Sponsored as always by The Quarters. The Quarters located just off Route 9 on the bike trail in Hadley. The Quarters offer unlimited arcade play with 25 vintage games from the 80s and 90s. As well as a full food menu, draft beers and cocktails. Weekly events of The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal, buffet, and cartoons. The Quarters also offers private events. The Quarters is located online at HadleyQuarters.com and on Instagram and Facebook. I am Sam Kitchen, joined as always by my friend, J- by Jacob Munch. Jacob, how are we feeling today? Oh, feeling good. It's been a fun last couple of weeks of UMass women's basketball, and now the games start to pick up. A lot more opponents coming up in the next week and a half, so it should be a blast. A lot for the men and women to hang their head on this weekend. A few very convincing wins over some very tough opponents. First off, recap of the main game at the Mullen Center, UMass versus the Maine Black Bears. UMass winning in convincing fashion, 67-54. to they took, a, they took a quick lead slowly in the first quarter, but... They held Maine to zero points in the second quarter of defensive performance. I mean, this team is pretty good on defense, but this is an unbeknownst defensive performance, and they never took their, their foot off the gas after that. I have never seen anything like that second quarter. UMass outscored Maine 24 to nothing in quarter number two. The run was a 31-0 run for the Minute Women. It was remarkable, and the final score isn't doesn't quite show how much of a blowout that game was 67 54 was the final score and sam i have to give you all the props in the world because last monday on the umass women's basketball show you (laughs) accurately (laughs) predicted that umass would defeat maine 67 to 54 and that is exactly what happened i have no idea how you did that the odds were not in your favor yet you pulled it off it was extremely impressive Hey, you throw a dart to the dartboard, you're bound to hit a bullseye at some point, you know? It <laughs> never you, happened. Yeah, you got it exactly. I mean, let's talk a bit a little about the defensive effort of this team. They're known for their offensive firepower. What was one, who was one player in particular that really stood out to you on the defensive end? Sidney Taylor. Because we've talked about it last week, and it's been a bit more of a conversation topic for her, but... Her rebounding, her aggressiveness to the basketball, the fact that she's flying around. She had seven rebounds in that main game, and she, her defensive energy is making such a big difference. She's not a liability, and she's becoming quickly one of the most important defensive pieces on this team. When she is going, this team is going. So I love what Sid did in that main game, and then she carried it over more offensively to the Harvard game, which we'll get to shortly. But, yeah, Sidney Taylor was excellent defensively against Maine. Yeah, going into this game, we talked about Sidney Taylor that she hadn't necessarily found her stride on the offensive side. And to see her contribute in ways that don't necessarily stow in the stat sheet. Granted, she had 18 points in the game to lead all scores. That being said, all the little things are not only helping them now, but down the stretch, you get into conference play, get into when it matters. This is the stuff where... Big play and players make big time plays. So a very convincing win against Maine. But now they go to their bigger test. The battle for the Commonwealth in Harvard against the Crimson. And we thought Harvard was gonna be come out guns blazing, shots firing, an offensive firepower showcase. And the minute women came away with a double digit win against a very big opponent. I mean, 
77 to 67. This game was back and forth the whole way. A very good f- fourth quarter. 26-17. The Minute Women outscored the Crimson when it mattered most. And a ve- an off game for Sam Breen. She was the only starter not in double digits, which is amazing to see because that's a team effort win, Jacob. I mean, the fact that their best player had an off game and they were able to beat a very tough opponent in Harvard, it's very telling of the potential of this team. Well, and Sam Breen had the worst game she's had as a UMass Minute Women against Harvard, but it didn't really matter. Her teammates stepped up, they picked her up, but they just dominated on their own facet. It was the game of her career by McKenna White. The fact that she put up 18 points, 8 rebounds, White was sensational. She's the only reason UMass stayed afloat in the first half, because frankly, the Minute Women came out flat, they came out slow, and they came out lethargic and unenergetic, and Harvard capitalized in the first 20 minutes. McKenna White, with 12 first-half points, was the only reason that UMass still had a shot going into halftime, but then... Sydney Taylor picked it up in the third quarter and the fourth quarter as well. 21 of her 23 points came in half number two. Bernaya Mayo, again, very, very good. Destiny Filoxi was setting the tone in terms of taking charges, diving on the floors, making brilliant passes. And Sam, I got to tell you, that game was just everything you want in a basketball game. It was close. It was a defensive grind. Which team was going to give first? And then one team would make a little bit of a run. I think Harvard led by seven at one point. UMass clawed their way back. UMass led by six, then immediately Harvard tied the game. And then a flagrant foul where Philoxy took an elbow in the nose really changed the game because it enabled UMass to go on a five-point swing because of that. But the minute women took care of business down the stretch, they did what good teams do, and it was a blast to watch. And... If they ever play Harvard again, they have to figure out a way to stop Mackenzie Forbes because she, once again, for the second year in a row, continues to dominate UMass. 24 points, (laughs) 4 for 12 from 3, 8 for 18 from the field. She was on fire, but this Harvard team was known for their big three, Harmony Turner, Lola Mulaney, and Harmony Turner. They did a great job at containing Harmony Turner. Yes. She has been a point of emphasis and a point. She's been a thorn in UMass's side for the past few years now, and you look at the scoring discrepancies from UMass over the past two games, both those games have had at least four players in double digits, whereas the team that they faced, the scoring, just the way everything's spread out, it's really one or two players doing the scoring, and it really speaks to the versatility and depth of this team as a whole. Oh, 100%. UMass can go to anyone on any given night. You combine the main and the Harvard game, UMass had nine players who reached double figures. And now that's six individuals because Mayo, Philoxy, and Taylor, they had it happen twice. But again, McKenna White with 18 and 8, that's just insane. Destiny Philoxy led the team in rebounds on Friday night. She had 11 to go along with 10 points and 7 assists. She almost had a triple-double, settled for the double-double. When you don't rely on one player... It makes everyone else so much better. It makes the team better, and no one can defend you well. Yeah, and one more point of emphasis. I want to talk about, you mentioned the rebounding numbers. We always assumed rebounding would be a point of weakness for the men and women team, given the lack of size, all of that. These past two games, they have out-rebounded their opponents by an overwhelming margin. Granted, Maine's a very small team. (laughs) UMass doesn't have as much size in their own right. But in the main game, UMass had 50 total rebounds. Maine had 28. In the Harvard game, rebounding a source of strength for Harvard, UMass had 43. 
Harvard at 36. The fact that UMass is out-rebounding their opponents, we've seen it since the Tennessee game. That ferocity, the energy, going for every rebound, fighting for every point, that tenacity is really telling of just how committed this team is to just getting it done in every way. And it shows the team is willing to go into the dirty areas, like you're saying. You win the rebound battle, and then you look at points in the paint. UMass had 42 points in the paint. Harvard only had 18. The minute women aren't scared of going to those gritty areas down low, battling with a bunch of players in a small space, and UMass is winning those battles, whether it's on the board or putting the ball in the hoop. From down low in the paint, UMass is asserting their dominance versus basically every team they play, except for Central Connecticut State, that they are going to pound you down low until you can figure out how to stop it. So we're talking a lot. There's so many good things that we can take away from this game. But, Jacob, going, going forward, given how great this weekend has gone, what's the biggest thing that you personally take away I think it's that this team showed this past week there are two different ways they can win, and they can win convincingly in both regards. You can have a off night, a bad night, i.e. the Harvard game, where you're not playing well for 25 minutes, and you're looking completely overmatched against a very good team on the road, yet you do enough to hang around and then finally get the kill down the very end. They found a way to step up their game when they needed to most. That's huge. Two, the ability to show that you can go out and dominate a lesser opponent. You can put away lesser teams like they did to Maine with the 31 to nothing run. Those are two very different ways of winning basketball games, both equally effective. And I think it's great for UMass to have the experience that they can win these games either way. Yeah, one thing that stands out to me is handling expectations. Mm. We all know what the expectation was for this team coming out of the gate. They're rejected to run away with the A-10, to be a perennial contender in their conference, and the fact that they're beating the opponents that they should, while also beating opponents that are either overlooked and are considered better than them, that shows that, okay, they're not letting last season get them. It's a new season, a new year. Let's just get it going and play our game and play to our potential. It's really amazing to see how they're handling that so early in the season. Yeah, it seems like they're going out and they are hunting. They are not waiting to get hunted which is exactly what the coaching staff wanted. It's what the players wanted, and they've executed through the first four games. For sure. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, another episode of Stump the Senior as I once again beget my streak with Jacob. We'll also preview the UMass versus UMass Lowell t- tomorrow night as well at the Tournament in Florida. Stick around. You're listening to Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. Hi, this is Bernard Mayo, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. Get your vitamins A, B, C. Wanna be strong, shop GTC. Come on, come on, come on, get it. GTC, gardening the community means high-quality fruit and veggies at a discount, and we support youth development right here in the Springfield, Mass. area. Gardening the community. Increíble.
interested in joining WMUA, the student-run college radio station at UMass Amherst, whether you're interested in pursuing a career in broadcast journalism, you have a passion for music, or you're just looking for a space on campus to call your own, WMUA is the place for you. From music and news to sports and public affairs programming, students of all majors and interests are encouraged to contact us today. To find out how to get involved, email us at wmuproduction at umass.edu and tell us what you're all about. Before you know it, it'll be your voice broadcasting here on 91.1 WMUA, the radio voice of UMass Amherst. Hi, it's Sydney Taylor, and you're listening to WMUA 91.1 FM Amherst, the official radio network of UMass women's basketball. We are back rocking with you with the UMass women's basketball show on 91.1 WMUA. WMUA Sam Kinches with Jacob Munch here recapping UMass's amazing weekend versus versus Harvard and Maine. A quick reminder that this content of UMass Women's Basketball is brought to you by our friends at The Quarters, located just off Route 9 in Humble Bike Trail in Hadley. The Quarters offers unlimited arcade play with 25 vintage games from the 80s and 90s, as well as a full food menu, draft beers, and cocktails. Weekly events of The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal buffet and cartoons. The Quarters also offers private events. The Quarters is online at HadleyQuarters.com and on Instagram and Facebook. Before we get we preview the next few games for the middle woman, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. It is time to stump the senior. Jacob, for those of you who are just joined the segment, us underclassmen have a chance to stump our fellow directors and seniors. Tonight, Jacob has the honor. What is your streak right now? Uh, bad. <laughs> Try <laughs> to right the ship today. Correct. And also, don't forget, if you submit your questions online at our Twitter page, your question could be in the next Stump the Senior. Feel free to tag us on WMUA Sports at our Twitter. Jacob, are you ready? Let's do it. In the Tory Verde era, Ooh. which UMass player has the most points scored against the Havid Crimson? Oh, interesting, interesting. I know that they hadn't played for a while prior to last season's game, which means that takes out players like Haley Lydell and Vashney Perry, Paige McCormick, etc. Um, last year, Sam Breen went off late, but she played poorly and only had eight points in Friday's game. She's still a possible option as I go through my thought process here. Sydney Taylor is a Pretty good bet as well, although to be honest, I, no, she played fine against Harvard last year. Destiny Falox, eh, my guess is Sydney Taylor. You are correct. On the board, let's go. What, what is the what was her total? Well, it was two games. Yes. Okay. So I was correct in that thought process. Twenty three game or twenty three points on Friday last year. I'm going to say she got. 15, so I'm going to say 38. Close, 40. Ooh, okay. Very good job from you, Jacob. Jacob, on the board with Stump the Senior, Scotty Moreau of UMass Hockey. You got someone coming from you on your tail. I love that I finally got a win in this. And also, talking about Sydney Taylor, I love the fact that you played her bumper going in, and the question is about her, because tomorrow should be a historic, exciting day for Sydney Taylor, which leads us into the preview of UMass Lowell. So UMass... Close to Lowell to face their face their rival, the everlasting rival between UMass Lowell and UMass, a game everyone's looking forward to. Especially Sydney Taylor and UMass fans, because Sydney Taylor currently sits at 994 points. She is six points away from reaching the 1,000 mark as a UMass Minute Women. 
it is going to be super exciting. Whether she gets it tomorrow, whether she gets it down in Florida later in the week or maybe some other time. But Sydney Taylor trying to become the 22nd member, 23rd member of the 1,000-point club in program history. It's a really cool Quite an accomplishment. Accompl- that is like she would be in some elite company. She has given all to her program over the past few years. It would be it'd be really nice if she if she hits it no matter what. It, although it would be nice if she got the mall center, but you know we all we can't <laughs> always have it our way. Yeah, she's got three road games to get or three road slash neutral site games to get six points. So odds are she's not getting it, or she'll get it by the time UMass returns home next Wednesday on the thirtieth. But it's gonna be so cool for Sid. She is the epitome of what waiting your turn looks like and learning as a first year. Because her first season, she only played 17 games. She only averaged six minutes a game, only got 32 points. She came in off the bench rarely. But she learned the system. She learned the playbook. She learned what her role will be the following year. When she got to start from day one, she has run with it into a preseason all-conference first-team selection and now she's on the verge of reaching 1,000 points. She had patience. She trusted the process, and it's paying off dividends. And it's a huge early congratulations to Sydney Taylor for what has been a fa- fantastic UMass career. What is it they say? The best ability is coachability. Mm. Sydney Taylor, patience is a virtue, waiting her turn, and she's making the most with what you got. Looking at UMass Lowell, they are stumbling into this game <laughs> with not much to hang their hats on. 0-4 on the season, three of those losses coming against Pioneer Valley teams, including BC, BU, and Brown. Now they're coming to UMass, and then they play Harvard the next day. So they're getting in all the Massachusetts and, and those teams in these five games. Jacob, what should we expect out of UMass Lowell? And they don't seem to be a team that's have much, but what do they? what are their strengths? What can we expect from them? I think one of their strengths is the fact that they play in the America East, which is typically a conference that gives Massachusetts trouble. UMass last year struggled to put away the Vermont Catamounts. They struggled against UMass Lowell at home. And so I think when you look at UMass Lowell, yes, their record is 0-4, but they've played some tough opponents, especially number 11 Indiana in Indiana. Really no chance there for the Riverhawks. But they're issues have been the inability to score the basketball this season. They're averaging 47 points a game. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> you especially have to do against a, a team job. like especially against a team like UMass, that's going to make you work for your points as we've seen over these past few games, especially when UMass gets out and scores early, gets a big lead, it's hard for most teams to overcome that. I mean, the Riverhawks are laid by Kalen Kalen Brand and Wieson. I hope I said that name right. That be that being said, she's averaging 13 on the year, but outside of that, not a lot of bright spots on this team. And this should be a game that we look at UMass coming off some tough opponents should win handily when we see a team like this, Jacob. Yeah, and just to finish the point on Ben Morizin is the fact that she's averaging a double-double. So she is instrumental for the River Hawks on multiple levels, 13 points, 10 rebounds a game. But who else is going to step up besides her? Who on UMass Lowell will make the minute women pay because whether it's Sam Breen or whether it's Sydney Taylor guarding her, well, who else is going to step up for UMass Lowell because they have not had anyone really contribute that much. And the River Hawks have been terrible from three point distance as well, shooting 22% from the three point line. So 
maybe Lowell will start to get hot because they need to get hot at some point for their season to get back on track because it has not gone according to plan. 34 assists through four games. That's it. And 99 turnovers. That's problematic. So it seems to me the key to the game is that once you... You might seem that is going to get in your face and make you work. Forcing those turnovers and capitalizing off those turnovers is going to be a key because you can, you can steal the ball. Yep. But if you don't do anything with it, what was the turnover for? So the key for this game is, especially I'm looking at someone like Destiny Veloxi and Bernayme, for the guards to pressure, get those heels, pick pockets, and just run the fast break like none other. This should be a very fast-paced game for the minute woman. And I think this is a place where they can really control the tempo early on. Yeah, I think so. UMass should establish their dominance from the beginning. Go down low and just work the ball in the paint. Show your physicality and your strength and your age because UMass has all three of those things that Lowell might not quite have. So for the minute women, establish that. Then you can expand your game and go bigger and go wider. But I think for UMass, the key is just kind of like the main game. If you can punch the River Hawks in the mouth real early, you'll knock them out, they'll quit, and then you'll be able to coast to victory the rest of the way. That game will be tomorrow night. Jacob Jacob will have the call from UMass Lowell tomorrow tomorrow night. 6 p.m. tip, not 7 o'clock. It is a 6 p.m. tip, different than normal. The so Battle to- for the Pioneer Valley, UMass versus UMass. Who will prevail? Looking ahead past the UMass Lowell game, the FIU Thanksgiving Classic in Miami, Florida. UMass will play two games, one on November 25th and one November 27th before they take on Yale the following Wednesday. It will be against Drake and FIU or Howard, depending on how the tournament goes. Jacob, what can we expect from Drake and and from FIU? And, from FIU? and could any of these games like give UMass trouble being on the road on Thanksgiving with a flight? How could this all these factors come into play? The first game UMass plays, we know their opponent is going to be the Drake Bulldogs, and that might might end up being one of the best, if not most important, non tournament non conference games of the season for the Minutemen. This Drake team, two and one, but you look at their schedule. They defeated Green Bay by thirteen points the season opener. Okay, fine, great, but then they took number four Iowa to overtime where they lost by six. And if you're like, oh, that's just a fluke. Well, no, because they went out this past Saturday and defeated number 22 Nebraska by 18 points, Sam. This Drake team is legit. They have shown over the past two weeks that they can play with any team in the country. They just received eight votes in the latest AP poll that was released under an hour ago. This Drake team is scary. They have great offense. They've scored over 80 points in every single one of their games. UMass has their hands full on Friday when they play these Bulldogs. Especially their top scores, they let it fly from mm. the Their top three scores, I'm reading in that respectfully, three-point percentages, 33%, 60%, 44%, 52% from the three-point line. And we talk about, to come out of big leads early, rebounding and hot three-point shooting. If UMass allows Drake to get those shots in early, this could be a long game for the minute woman. Drake is averaging 45 rebounds a game, which is about on par with UMass. But the Bulldogs have four players who are averaging at least 12.5 points for, per game. Katie Dinenbeer, my apologies for not pronouncing your name right, has scored 16 points a game. Maggie Bear, 16 points a game and 8 rebounds a game. Grace Berg, 15 points, 6 rebounds a game. And then Sarah Beth Goldner, 13 points a game. This Drake starting five is loaded. 
and they are just carrying the load, and they are dominating. So outside of three-point shooting, Jacob, what do you feel that UMass needs to do, and who's a player to watch for them to get, to get a hard win here? I think the key, without having done a ton of prep on Drake, to be clear, but I think it's important for UMass win the rebound battle. If you do on the boards what you did against Tennessee, you'll be in great shape. Get out to a f- fast start. You can't be falling, uh, falling behind big early because that can really be detrimental. And so you want UMass, I'm going to say, well, we talk about Sydney Taylor all the time, so I'm not going to say her, actually. <laughs> I'm going to say Destiny Philoxy. I think, in a way, she's gotten lost a little bit in the shuffle because of how trusted Bernaya Mayo is at the point guard position. Well, Philoxy still could be maybe the second-best player on the team. An opponent, opponent like Drake is a great time for you to step up and show your dominance. And we saw one UMass team do well in, a, in another tournament. And what would it mean for the men and women to get this sort of tournament win against a big opponent like Drake, given the wins they've had this season? What type of boost of confidence do you think this would instill in them? I think if UMass beats Drake, they double their number of receiving votes that they're getting in the coaches poll, the national coaches poll. And I think they'd start receiving votes in the AP poll, poll which they haven't done yet. And I think it would become the biggest non-conference win of their season so far, and maybe, honestly, for the whole season if they beat Drake, especially at a neutral site as well. This maybe could be a quadrant, quadrant one victory for UMass. Yeah, depending on how this goes, and given Drake's resume speaks for itself, and talk about mid-major madness, you mm-hmm. always like to see a program not known coming out of nowhere beating these Giants. Yep. It's great to see, and it'll be, I think it should be a game that should be really fun to watch, a lot of offense, and a lot of stars. It should be really fun to watch. And looking ahead to the to the November 27th game, their opponent could be either FIU or Howard. So it's hard to sort of gauge what their outcome is going to be given we don't know who they're going to play. But given it coming off Drake, what should be their mindset coming into either of these opponents? I think their mindset should be use what you use what you gained last season from playing multiple games in a row. In Florida last year over Thanksgiving weekend, they played three games in a row. Did not get tired. Last year, A-10 tournament, three games, three days in a row, didn't get tired. So don't be rattled by the fact that you're playing two games in a row. Well, they might even have an off day on Saturday, actually. But, um, yeah, use those and try to propel it as best you can. I think Howard is an interesting team where they beat LaSalle, but then lost to George Washington by 21. That's such a hard team to gauge, given that those types of wins and losses. Exactly. FIU also hasn't had a ton of success at 1-2. and two. They got creamed by Florida Gulf Coast University, who's one of the top 30, 35 teams in the country. So that's not too surprising. But for UMass, it, the key is not having a letdown after the Drake game. If you lose to Drake, either use it as a huge motivator. If you beat the Drake Bulldogs, then take that momentum and run with it. No, that's for sure. Before we sign off for the rest of the day, it is Thanksgiving coming up soon. So as part of the day, we like to talk about what we're thankful for as we get into Thanksgiving. So, Jacob, I'll start with you. As we go into Thanksgiving over the next few days, what is something that you're grateful for? Well, I'm very grateful for, granted this is the mindset I'm in right now, but for Coach Verdi and the athletic <laughs> department, for letting WMUA, Josh Schreiber, and I travel with the team everywhere we get to eat with them go to their shooting rounds and film and the access that they provide us and just the support that they give the station is huge so i'm extremely grateful for that what about you sam (sighs) so many things 
I think just the mindset, I'm just grateful for sports mm. and the opportunity that we have. I mean, world, you at Team USA, World's Cup, playing in, in about a minute. You got woman, UMass women to men's basketball at a, with hype and momentum we haven't seen since we've stepped foot on this university. A lot to be excited about and a lot to look forward to. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of UMass Women's, Bas- UMass Women's Basketball Show from Signing off for Jacob Munch. I am Sam Kinches. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget, UMass UMass basketball will come back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. versus UMass Lowell. Jacob Munch will be on the call. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a happy Thanksgiving and stick with us. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.